You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Boju is the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation. Let's look at it here quickly. We'll see in John chapter 11, verse 24 and verse 25. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection in the last day. Now Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Now, that's an affirmation of something, that Jesus was affirming his faith. He said, I am the resurrection, and I am the life. But the purpose of him going there was to get Lazarus raised up from the dead. Now, how did he get Lazarus raised up from the dead? He didn't go there and say, I am the resurrection and the life. In verse 42, 11, Hebrews 11, 42, he said, I know that thou hearest me always, but because of the people that stand by me, I said it. All right? That they may believe that thou hast sent me. Now, verse 41. Let's go 41 there. Let's go 41. And when they took away the stone where the dead was laid, Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. So he had prayed about what he was just going to do. And the next verse, he says, I'm saying this publicly so that those who are here may believe that you sent me. So the sending of Jesus came in answer to the prayer that he offered up to God. And we'll see that in that prayer, when he says he was sent, he was quickened by the Father to go there and raise Lazarus from the dead. And then the next verse, in raising Lazarus here, and when he had thought spoken, he cried with a loud voice and said, Lazarus, come forth. And that's the prophetic utterance. The cold have rolled the stone away and nothing would have happened. Until Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. And then Lazarus came out, responding to an instruction. That's why Mark eleven twenty three 23 says, if you will say to this mountain, be thou removed, it's an instruction. He spoke to the winds and said, an instruction, peace be still. It is an instruction that is given. So it's a commanding statement. Acts chapter 9, verse 36 and 40. There was a Joppa. Now, see what Peter did, exactly what Jesus did. Now, you got to do this, is what we're saying here, to every month of this year. You've got to do this to everything you are involved in. You've got to understand that I have to start pouring water every single day into my career. I've got to water it every single day. Many times the seed has been planted, 
Why not saying the increase? Because it is not being watered. All right, you have the word for it. But you have to constantly water that thing with prophetic utterance so that God can give the increase. These two things must be there. So you've got to prophesy every morning into it. You've got to prophesy into every single month. You've got to prophesy, all right, into everything that you desire God's will to be reflected in that. So in Acts chapter 9, verse 36 to verse 40, uh, there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. Now, Peter was going to follow the same pattern as Jesus. This woman was full of good works, arms did, which she did. And it came to pass in those days she was sick and died. And when they had washed and laid her in the upper chamber, verse 38, for as much as later was now unto Joppa, and the disciples heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men desiring that he would not delay but come to them. Verse 39. And it says, And Peter arose and went with them. And when he was come, they brought him to the upper chamber. And all the widows stood by him, weeping, showing the coats, garments that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Then Peter put them forth, all forth, and he knelt down and prayed. So first thing he did was that he knelt down and prayed to God. And it was in the place of prayer that something happened. And after that thing happened in prayer, Peter now said, now look at the prophetic utterance. He now said, all right, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, the Bible tells us. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. So he called her by name and said, arise. Now that's a prophetic utterance. All right? He didn't say, I'm an apostle. He said, Tabitha, I say unto you, arise. So if the name of your business is Frederick Limited, you are saying, Frederick Limited, I say unto you. I declare unto you your growth rate this year. You have expanded and there must be what is called distinction in sound. It has to be clear. A prophetic utterance must be speech that is well understood by the object that you are speaking to, or else it's not. We'll see the conditions of it. Now, why did they pray? First Corinthians 14, verse 4. He says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. Now, when you pray, the word edify means to receive life, which means that when you pray, you are edified, life is deposited, you are quickened. When you speak or prophesy, then you are giving out the life that you received when you are praying in tongues. Now, many people pray in tongues about things, but don't prophesy to those things. And, and the help we're going to receive this year, Lord, to be hinged on our continuous, all right, 
or prophetic utterances that we release into every single thing that we are doing. Finally, let's look at this, Joshua chapter 10, 10 to 12. And the Lord discomfited them before Israel and slew them with a great slaughter at Gibeon and chased them along the way that goeth to Beth Horon and smote them in Azekah and unto Makeda. Verse 11. Uh, the Bible says, and it came to pass as they fled before Israel. Um, Pastor um, Dr. Mensah spoke about this. That they were going down, the Bible says to Beth Horon, that the Lord cast out great stones from heaven upon Azekah. Now verse 12, I want to say something. And as I was saying this, I saw it in the spirit. All right? And that's why it's very important as people preach, you look at the scripture. Because God can, as they're speaking, he quickens you as you look at that scripture. And I've never seen it in this light before. Look at verse 12 there. And now remember, Jesus spoke to the Father, then spoke to Lazarus. Peter spoke to the Father, then spoke to Dorcas. Now look at what Joshua did. The Bible says, same thing, and then Joshua, sorry, and then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day that when the Lord delivered up the Amorites from before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, son, stand thou still. Now, he spoke to the Lord, and having gotten clearance from the Lord, he spoke to the son. He didn't say, Father, I'm asking you, will you please cause this sun to stand still? And will you please cause the moon to stand still? He was the one that said to the sun, put it up. He said to the sun, stand thou still upon Gibeon and thou moon in the valley of Agelon. Very descriptive and detailed. This is prophetic utterance. Never generic, never a general statement, instructive. I hope you're seeing this. He said where they should stand still. To say I will be blessed is different from saying my business will bring in 50 million naira. Because if you say that, then the angels know what you are talking about and they know the kind of movement that they have got to make and who they have to influence to cause that thing to happen. It has to be detailed. Prophetic utterances have to be. There are detailed words that are spoken. So he said to the moon, we saw also that David spoke to Goliath. He said, listen, it wasn't that father, I'm asking you, please help me with this Goliath, help me. He had done that. Then he looked at Goliath right eyeball to eyeball. And said, this day I will give your head to the dogs. He spoke to him. And I like what uh, Pastor John Hanna said. He said he killed Goliath with his words. Then executed the death with a sling and stone. That's the way it works. It is what you have prophesied your hands can build. What you have declared is what your hands can build. Same thing Dr. David Ogwelli said. Genesis 1, God prophesied. Genesis 2, the hand of the Lord, easily fulfilled that which his mouth had spoken. 
But for there to have been the ability to prophesy, there had to be a quickening first. And that quickening is what we find in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2. The earth was without form and void, all right, there, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Bible says, and the Spirit moved over the face of the waters, and then God said, let there be light. Now, when there's light, there's quickening. All right? There, that's light comes, and it's the Spirit of God moving over that causes that light to come forth. And that's why Jesus said in John 6, 63, the flesh profited nothing, it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profited nothing. The words that I speak unto you, I've shown you that they are spirits. In other words, there was a quickening by the spirit or an edification by the spirit before words were spoken. So a prophetic utterance is premised upon the quickening of the Spirit of God. That's what takes you into the prophetic. That's the key to the prophetic. That's how you can become the prophet of your own life. When they say the prophet of your own life, they're not disorienting prophetic ministries, but they are saying your life will go the way you speak and not the way other people speak to you. For the Bible says, by your words, you will be justified. By your words, you will be, all right, ensnared. You are the prophet of your own life. And when he says rivers of living water flow out of your belly, that's, that's the come to me and drink. Those are prophetic utterances that are going forth out of you. So we say Jesus did it. He went to God in prayer. All right. We say it also Peter doing it. And we see also Joshua doing this. Talk to God to get the power, then talk to men. Or talk to things around. And those things must be clear. So we see in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, uh, 14 there, we see this in verse 8. Or from verse 6, sorry. Now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what does it profit except I speak to you either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophesying, or by doctrine? Verse 7. Even and even things without life-given sound. So there are sounds that give life. Do you see there? Without life-given sounds. So there are sounds that give life. It says even when they don't have life-given sounds, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sound. So he's saying that, I mean, this is a basic assumption for anything that gives life. There is a distinction in the sound. When you hear the sound, you know what that sound means. That's what he said. Put it properly. That's it. He says, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? In other words, anything that, all right, gives sound, for there to be any form of response, there must be distinction in the sound. But there are things that are life-giving sounds and there are things that are not life-giving. And he says that, what are life-giving sounds? He had gone up before that in terms of prophecy. All right, look at the next verse there. Let's look at the next verse. 
All right? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? Verse 9. So likewise, except you utter by the tongue words easy. These are the life-giving sounds, are words. So these are sounds that give life. You speak to the, to the tree, or I say, whose roots are dried up in the ground, who says all hope is gone, and what it needs is a scent of water or a life-giving sound. It needs to hear a sound of life. And it needs that prophetic, all right, utterance there that should come forth. That's why when he says in Ezekiel 37 and verse 11, he says, can these dry bones live again? Behold, they say our bones are dry and our hope is lost and we are cut off from our parts. Now let's go to verse 1 and see what he did. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and I'll close with this, what it means to have the hand of the Lord upon you, which means you are quickened by the Lord. And just show briefly, and I'll continue in the evening, this evening about it, and, and get into it. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and carried me about in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them, and behold, there were many in the open valley, and they were very dry. And he said, can these bones live? And I answered, oh Lord God, thou knowest. And everybody talks, oh God. And says, again. So he gave him what to do. He said unto me, prophesy upon these bones. Which means if you want these bones to live, you've got to prophesy upon the bones. Now what does it mean to prophesy? You're giving instructive statements to the bones. Now, look at what he says there. And says, all ye dry bones, hear ye the word of the Lord. So they can hear. And thus hear the Lord God unto the bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. And he says, and I will lay sinews upon them, bring flesh upon you and breath, and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. Verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied to it, there was a noise, a shaking. That's a sound there. All right. And the bones came together. So in bringing this to a close, the, what we need to understand is what's the condition that must be fulfilled, which is this quickening. And the issue is how then do people get quickened? Because that's the basic condition that must be fulfilled. How then do people get quickened? Romans chapter 4 and verse 15. I think it's 30. Verse 17, sorry. 18. All right. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him who believed, even God who quickeneth the dead. And then it's after that quickening you can speak and call out those things that be not as though they were. So the condition must always be a quickening. Without the quickening, confessions don't work. Confessions are not just the repetition that must be said. They don't work. There must be a quickening. Now, where do you get that quickening? Jesus said in John chapter 5 and verse 39, he said, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. But they are they which testify of me. 
And you will not come to me that you may have life. Now you saw, all the people that imparted life came to God in prayer. Now, some people just feel that, well, once we see something in the word of God, then we've got it. Now, all right? And so they just have, uh, well, you know, I saw something, what I'm just saying. They don't go to God. They don't go to God in prayer with what they've seen. And in, in Psalm 119, verse 49 to verse 50, it says, Remember thy word unto thy servant, upon which thou hast caused me to hope. Now look at what he says. This has been my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. It was when he was in affliction that that word quickened him. In other words, he received hope. But when the Bible says trials and tribulation came for the sake of the word, and that's where you should get quickened instead of getting offended. And it's when you get quickened there that you access the water that will cause, that's in you, that you are even going to release in terms of a prophetic utterance. This is where you move from, my pastor said, to I heard from you, O God. Where Job said, I have heard of thee with the hearing of my ears, but now my eye seeth thee. In other words, I heard. But now, my own eyes see you. So, it is something that happens inside a person. And this thing happens, and let me put it this one, I'll close with this here, this morning, I'll continue in the evening. When you have that word, and pressure begins to come. Many people say, well, I tried to do that, and the word has not yet been quickened, as it were, inside them. In other words, it hasn't been personalized in their spirits. Uh, this thing hasn't been, been, something hasn't been shown them. Now, God gave his word to Abraham but, and said, The father of many nations have I made it. But when there was pressure, he quickened it and said, Go out and look at the stars. Can you number them? He said, So shall thy seed be. So it's a quickening there of that word. And it's personalized. And it's that's where the word is mixed with faith. That's where Jesus said during that time, come up to me with what I have told you. And begin to pray. And the spirit begins to hover over those scriptures that you have. And what happens is he quickens you right on the inside of yourself. And gives direction. You speak. Also gives steps that you ought to take. And prophetic utterances that you should make. So, so he orders your step. You are, that word is quick and right. And that's what we said first session. That that's where the roots begins to grow. And you are then praying the roots are growing out. Because you are holding on to the word of God there. Praying, as Paul said, I know this shall turn to my salvation. 
through your prayers. Now, what's that water there? And the supply of the Spirit of Jesus according to my earnest expectation and my hope. He had an earnest expectation and hope that was founded on the Word of God. But that Word had to be quickened by supply of the Spirit of Jesus on the inside of him. And when he was quickened, he saw something. So, Paul took, when he was in Acts 27, took up to God, Psalm 91, and said, you must defend us, now we're about to die. And God quickened that scripture and said, you will not die, these are the instructions, this is what you should say, this is what I want you to do. So when the pressure comes and it looks like the things are not working according to that which you heard or saw in the scripture, like a great old evangelical said, truth is never imbibed in living power until it is required. When the pressure comes and there is a demand, then don't get offended in that. Get quickened. Go to God in prayer with the scriptures and in a flash, he will show you something. And that's that quickening. He will take scriptures together. And show you. When I was preparing for this message, I woke up at about 2 a.m. after his session. In Wabek, got home, slept, woke up. And I didn't know exactly what I was going to preach. So I went to God earlier in the morning. I started praying and praying. And then he, he took scriptures and quickened. Scriptures I knew on this and said, all right, quickened it. And life now came into it. And then I could speak forth from that particular position. And that's what happened. And, it, and the word is fresh. The word is impactful. The word is life-changing. So please, this year, now from next week, uh, we're going to have an anointing service this evening. So I'm going to be doing an anointing service every single Sunday of January and Raise prophetic utterances. But it is important that every day you get up and prophesy to every single thing that you have. Spend time praying in the Spirit over scriptures that you have. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for this. Thank you for everything. attended it physically in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. This podcast is brought to you by the Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.